for joining this week's podcast with the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams. In this transformative message, the Archbishop gives a powerful insight into the realm of spiritual warfare concerning the power and authority of seals. Learn how to activate the superior blood of Jesus and the workings of the Holy Spirit to override, overturn, break and destroy any demonic family seal. Move to a higher dimension of prayer by joining this year's 100 Days of Global Prayer. Download your Global Prayer Guide now at ndwministries.org. Know in your spirit that this is God's word of revelation for you. Receive your breakthrough as you listen. Stay awake when others are asleep. Somebody say, stay awake when others are asleep. And it takes a lot of efforts. It takes a lot of grace. It takes a lot of determination. Being purposeful, deliberate, to stay awake when others are asleep. Because the common thing to do is to sleep when everybody is sleeping. But the Bible said, continue in prayer. What does that mean? That means pray when others are asleep. And add to prayer and watching thanksgiving. Be grateful. Have an attitude of gratitude. Don't be a complainer. Don't be critical of things, of yourself, of others, and of life. Be thankful. Have an attitude of gratitude. Be grateful. Be grateful. Where is Ife? Be grateful. We must learn to be grateful irrespective of the difficulties and the challenges confronting us. Let's learn to be grateful. Being alive is a blessing. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day and they lost a loved one and I was asking when are they having the funeral and they said that he's been incremented, cremated and in some kind of a container. The person has been turned into dust and in a container. Can you believe that? A whole human being. And if you look at that, it speaks volumes. And that brings us to a place of another message I'll tackle later. Being void of self and ego. Because if you understand what man really is and the end of man, this attitude of arrogance, pride, you, you throw it away. This thing about wanting to be seen, wanting to be recognized, seeking for relevance, attention, all those things don't matter anymore. And the person I'm talking about was some very, very important person. In a container, turned into ashes. When you think about such things, it's very humbling. So you live with a lot of humility, an attitude of humility. We want to deal with seals. We want to deal with seals and what seals represent. Because seals represent a sign of authority or a symbol of authority. Seals stands for the signature of monarchs, kings, and sitting authorities or presidents, or even fathers and grandfathers, very powerful people. And every family deals with seals, or we have all kinds of symbols of individual families. There are families where the symbol of that family is a snake. Some families, the symbol is a lion. 
Uh, others is a cat, crocodile. Different kinds of animals. And those are the symbols that defines that family. But you need to look at the character of the symbols or the animals, what those symbols represent when it comes to the particular animals. Then you can appreciate and understand the power that is at work. If you, like the Bible talks about, Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah, that particular tribe or family. The symbol of that family is a lion. And he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And a lion is the king of the jungles. The, there are different kinds of symbols. And every family here, represented here, hearing the sound of my voice, there are symbols of each family, which are the seals of the family. So for instance, you will see, I have a seal as an archbishop. And when we consecrate pastors and bishops, I put my seal on their certificate, and that gives it the authorization, you know, with my seal upon it, that is legitimate, it's real, it is what it is. It cannot be changed. And it takes me or a higher authority to revoke that seal based on the terms or conditions of the seal upon that particular document. So seals are very powerful. And we want to look at some few examples in the Bible and begin to believe God <clears throat> that through the superior blood of Jesus and by the workings of the Holy Spirit, we'll be able to override and overturn and break and squash and destroy seals, family seals that has held the destinies and the dreams and the visions of so many at ransom that has literally imprisoned people and helped help people with great capacity in life at ransom. Because a seal can also be an embargo. A seal can be that which holds you at ransom and keeps you in bondage and in captivity. And until the seal is repealed or revoked by a higher authority, you become a slave under the power of that seal. That until it is replaced or repealed or dealt with, you are held captive. But tonight, wherever you are, Whoever you are, whatever you represent, on the account of the superior blood of the Lamb, the blood that is superior to any seal or blood, in the name of Jesus, I proclaim tonight, be acquitted and discharged. Tonight, let your family be acquitted and discharged. Let sons, let daughters be acquitted and discharged. Let fathers, let mothers be acquitted and discharged. In the name of Jesus, let projections and let anything that threatens our future and the future of our loved ones home and abroad, by the superior blood of the Lamb, let the threatenings of men and the threatenings of the enemy be overturned. Put your hands together and say, we overturn it. We overturn it. We overturn the threatenings of men. We overturn conspiracies. Yea, let it be overturned. And let the symbol of authority behind those seals be broken, be annulled, be squashed by the superior blood of the Lamb. Say amen. Please be seated. And seals have everything to also do with foundations and backgrounds because it has to do with the authority figure of the family. It's a symbol of authority. 
So there is a seal in the family I come from. Uh, my father uh, was a local chief. And uh, sometimes if you look at even nations like uh, the nation of Egypt, when the pharaohs wear their crowns, you will see the symbol on their crown is a snake. And that's why when Moses went into the wilderness and met the Lord at the burning bush, and God assigned him to go back to Egypt to free the children of Israel, God said to him, what do you have in your hands? He said, a rod. And he said, cast the rod down. And when he cast the rod down, it became a snake. And the Lord said, you must confront the power of Egypt. You must confront what you fear the most. You must confront the signature of the pharaohs of Egypt. You must confront the authority that backs the decrees and the laws of the king of Egypt. And that authority is a snake. So in order for you to go in there and set my people free, I want you to confront it now in my presence, in the wilderness. So the rod became a snake and he said, take it by the tail and you don't take a snake by the tail. It's a very, very foolish thing to do because it will just turn the head and come right for you. And God said, face your fear because you can't confront what, you can't conquer what you don't confront. And he said, I want you to confront your fears. So he had to deal with the snake, the power of Egypt, the symbol of authority, the seal of Egypt. He said, deal with it. And when he went into Egypt, he had the rod of God in his hands and he cast the rod of God down and he became a snake. Another authority. And then the magicians of Egypt came and said, we are used to this. This is our signature. We can handle this. So they also came and they also produced snakes. And the Bible said that Moses' rod or snake swallowed up that of the snakes of Egypt or the magicians of Egypt. I declare that tonight on the account of the superior blood of Jesus, let every symbol and signature and seal and snake confronting us from our background be swallowed up swallowed up by the blood of Jesus swallowed up by the rod of the Lord swallowed up by the word of the Lord swallowed up by the spirit of the Lord put your hands together and declare let the blood of Jesus and the rod of God swallow up every shepherd every rod every power every symbol every authority in the name of Jesus, in our background, from our father's house, our mother's house, in the name of Jesus, the symbol of authority that controls our nations, our families, and our community. In the name of Jesus, please be seated. Please be seated. The symbol of authority or the seal or signature of Egypt was a serpent. And nations, if you look at the symbol of Ghana, if you look at Ghana, you go to the office of the president or you go to the office of authorities in this country, you will see the signature or the symbol of the, that which represents this country. It's in the form of an eagle and he speaks and he says something. It tells you what we believe in and the spirit and the authority that backs us as a nation. And so many nations, you see symbols, and they are not just there. They speak to something. They represent something. Yeah, it's the power or the spirit behind it. So come with me quickly. Let's look at something. Matthew 27 and verse 66. Matthew 27, verse 66. So they went and made the sepulchre sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. 
they sealed the stone with the king's seal representing the authority of Rome with that seal upon the tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ it was very clear that nobody in the land of Egypt and no one anywhere in the world could touch that tomb and open it for the Lord to come out unless Rome intervened authority must come from the empire of Rome because that seal represented the authority of the empire of Rome so it took a higher authority a higher authority an angel of the Lord stepped out of eternity into time and the Holy Ghost descended oh thank you Jesus for the Holy Ghost somebody put your hands together for the Holy Ghost the Holy Ghost the Holy Ghost came down and the angel of the Lord came down and the seal broke and the angel look at the next verse the next verse in the end of the Sabbath as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to no, see no, the no, sepulchre. No, 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 where are you people reading from? Yeah. Uh, and behold, next verses, chapter 28, 1 and 2. Okay, go ahead. Verse 2, and behold, there was a great earthquake, yeah. for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. Let the angel of the Lord roll back every stone we roll back every difficult situation. You know what a stone stands for? A stone stands for a hard, a stubborn, and a difficult situation. Today, by authority, by, you see, when President Donald Trump came into office, he started issuing executive orders to replace certain decrees and laws in order to carry out some of the things he wanted to carry out or his policies. And it required an executive instrument to carry out those changes, to replace certain existing law. Yeah. And tonight, by the superior blood of the Lamb, we hereby issue executive order to replace any demonic order and demonic decree and law in our background, our bloodline, that has become an obstacle to our destiny and an obstacle to the destiny of our sons and our daughters, an obstacle to the destiny of our husbands and our wives, our grandchildren, our churches, our city, our community, our businesses, our nation. In the name of Jesus, we issue executive order by the blood of Jesus right now to set free the captives of our bloodline, to replace those old and demonic orders and decrees by a new order a new order, a new order, a new order. In the name of Jesus, sit down for two minutes. It required a higher order because the nation of Israel was under the authority of Rome and the empire of Rome. So it required a higher authority one that was above that authority that's why fathers are very very important because when Jacob cursed Moses in Genesis 49 look at Genesis 49 Reuben Genesis 49 from verse 1 to 3 a very strange thing happened where Reuben dishonored his father and went for his father's concubine and the old man didn't say anything and 
when it was time for him to bless the children and depart from the earth, he, by pronouncement and words, see, that is what this generation lacks. The Bible said in Ephesians 6 and verse 2, he said to honor your father and your mother, that it may be well with thee that thou mayest live long. A lot of people, young people, are dying prematurely. And it's because they don't understand this particular law here. That if you want to live long, it's not a matter of fasting and prayer. It's a matter of honoring your father and your mother. There's something there that guarantees long life and makes you achieve goals and purpose in life. Go back to Genesis 49. Look at something. And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together, that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Irrespective of what is going on, these are the days of gathering. We have to gather. Because there are things that will never happen. <clears throat> there is a voice from heaven. We will never hear it. As individuals, that will only happen when we gather and come together and pray corporate prayers. Verse 2. Gather yourselves together and hear. You see, whenever you hear the Bible saying the same thing once or twice, it means that God is very particular about what he's saying. He means what he's saying, and he is committed to what he's saying. He means what he's saying. Verse 2. Gather yourselves together and hear, ye sons of Jacob, mm -hmm. and hearken unto Israel your father. Reuben, Verse 3. Thou art my firstborn, my huh. might. You see, Reuben was his firstborn, but Reuben misbehaved. Reuben could not master his emotion and his passion. And it's very important in the times we live in that in order for you to be trusted with authority and be trusted with leadership and be trusted with the life of others, you have to learn to master your passion. You must learn to master feelings and emotions. You must learn to master what you want in life. If you can't make sacrifices and can't give up some things, you can never be a leader. You know, there was a king that was supposed, there was a king after this queen of England's father. Yeah, this queen, his father was not the king. It was his brother who was the king of England. And he was so much in love with a woman that he was willing to give up his commitment to country and to the people of his country for love of a woman. And he, he gave up the throne to his brother to take over from him because he could not deal with his passion, his love and feelings, whatever it was, for a woman. And therefore he lost the kingdom and went into exile with a woman is a subject for another time because you all have your point of views and you're entitled to it. Fact of the matter was that he could not fulfill the mandates on his life because he couldn't give up something for the greater good of everybody. He was more into himself and what he wanted but in life you never accomplish anything in this life if it is about you if it is about you you never amount to that which you were born to be if you don't learn to give up something and to let something go you can never be filled unless you are empty and a lot of people want to be filled but are not empty you have to be empty of something in order for God to fill you up. And because he couldn't give up and could not let go what he wanted the most, the love of a woman, he lost the throne and someone else took over. And history will be his judge, not me, not anybody but history. How will history judge you and I? 
On what side of history will you rise? If you and I want to rise up on the right side of history and not on the wrong side of history, ladies and gentlemen, we must be willing to let go something, give up something, sacrifice something for the good of others. Greater love has no man than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. Until we are willing to give up what we love and want the most for the good of others, for the benefit of others, for the well-being of others and many, we will walk this earth with great dreams and great capacity and visions and yet will be unable to perform that duty for which we were born to come into this world for such a time like this. Are you willing to give up something like Abraham? Abraham was willing to lay on the altar what he loved the most to sacrifice it. And it was on that note that God made an oath and said, Abraham, Abraham, because of what you have done this day, that you did not withhold your son, your only son whom you love. God was very specific. He said, your son. He had two sons. He said, your son. And the only one you love, the one you love the most among the two. The one you love the most, you gave him to him. And because you, you did not withhold your son, your only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, Genesis 22, from verse 13, he said, because of that, he said, yeah, that is the 16. He said, I swear by myself, I make an oath today that Abraham, because of this decision you have taken, I swear by myself that in blessing, I will blow your mind. That your seeds have become like the stars of heaven and like the sun of the seashore. And he said, your seeds shall possess the gates of their enemies. That is what has made the Jews so powerful, irrespective of where they are in the world. They control the world. And it was because of a sacrifice a father made for the benefit of others. He could have been selfish to hold on to what he wanted, but he was willing to let go what he loved the most for the good of others and for the good of many. And God said, because you were willing to let go what you want for the good of many and for the good of others, I swear by myself as Elohim that in blessings, your blessing shall be transgenerational. The blessings I place upon you, confer upon you, shall I would leave you and I'll leave your children, 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 children. Ladies and gentlemen, you want to make a difference in this life, it will cost you something. Nothing is free. Your willingness to give up something, to let go what you love the most, will determine God's willingness to confer the kind of blessing that you need and you deserve. Reuben, thou art my firstborn, uh -huh. my might, and the beginning of my strength. He said, you are my firstborn, you represent my might, you are the symbol of my might. Uh-huh. And you are my strength. He said, you are also the symbol of my strength. The excellency of dignity. You represent dignity, dignity. You are the symbol of dignity when it comes to my children. That is who you are and the excellency of power. And you are a symbol of power. Among my children, you are the symbol of power. Listen, he said, but irrespective of all these benefits and privileges you have, listen, go ahead. Unstable as water, thou shalt not excel. He said, as water is unstable, you might have all these giftings, and yet, you will amount to nothing. And because of this pronouncement Jacob made, when Moses was pronouncing blessings upon the sons of Jacob, the 12 tribes of Jacob, 
When he came to the tribe of Reuben, he could not bless Reuben. He was restrained because Moses was a lower-ranking officer compared to Reuben. Moses was the son of Jacob when he met God by the burning bush. And, and he said, and, and he heard the voice of the Lord, he said to the Lord, who are you? Who are you? He said, I am the God of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob, your father. And so Moses could not change the decree and could not reverse or repeal the pronouncement that Jacob made over the tribe of Reuben. All he could do was to make atonement and petition. And this was what he said. He said, oh Lord, let not Reuben die and let not his men be few. That was all he could do. And if you look at the tribe of Reuben, among all the tribes of Israel, it will really shock you to see what became of the tribe of Reuben because the father disinherited Reuben. Look at one of the things he did. The first thing he did, he stripped him of the blessing of a son. The first thing, he stripped him of the blessing of a son. So as a son, he had one portion. Number two, as firstborn, that gave him a second portion. So Reuben had two portions. He stripped him of the two portions. Then number three, he gave Reuben's portion to the two sons of Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh. He gave it to them and stripped Reuben. And how did he do it? He did it by words. By words. You know, when Israel was coming from Egypt and going to the promised land, a king by the name of Barak, head of Israel, and the wonders that God had done through them. And even though he was a king, and he had an army, and had strong weapons, he realized that his weapons didn't stand a chance, and his army did not stand a chance. So he said, I need a man. I need a man that hears from God, a man that represents heaven to speak a word of curses over these people. He recognized that if he could get a man of God to curse Israel, Israel will be cursed. So he got a prophet, Balaam, to curse Israel. And the prophet inquired of the Lord. And the Lord said, don't go with him. And he said, Israel is my son. Is my children. They are blessed. You can't curse what I have blessed. I declare tonight, wherever you are hearing me, by the blood of the Lamb and by executive order, that you are blessed and you cannot be cursed. I said you are blessed and cannot be cursed. And anyone that curses you, let it turn on them in the name of Jesus. Say yes. Sit down for two minutes. He recognized as a king that what he needed was not intercontinental ballistic missiles. That he didn't need a bow and an arrow, chariots or horses. That all he needed was a man connected to heaven who would come and speak on heaven's behalf. And whatever he said, curses or blessings will stand. And he did everything to get the man of God to curse Israel. When the man of God opened his mouth to curse Israel, he rather blessed Israel and could not curse what God has blessed. Today, I make an executive order through the blood of the Lamb that henceforth, let every curse in your bloodline be replaced with a blessing. Let every curse from your father's house and your mother's house be replaced with a blessing. 
and let every demonic symbol and signature and seal in your life be replaced with the blessing of the Lord. Replace with the blessing of the Lord. Put your hands and say, replace, replace, replace with the blessing of the Lord. Replace with the blessing of the Lord. Sit down for two minutes. Please understand that as long as Jesus was in the tomb and the seal was on the stone on the tomb, there was no way he could have come out. So he was literally imprisoned by the seal. And the seal represented the authority of the Roman Empire in those days. It was a symbol of the authority of the Roman Empire and the Empire of Rome. Today, whatever authority and spirit backs the seal that has imprisoned your destiny and God's original purpose for your life this house, your sons, our sons and our daughters, our husbands and our wives, our churches and our nations, let the authority and the, and the, and the symbols and the spirits behind those seals today be vanquished in the name of Jesus. Put your hands down. We vanquish them. We vanquish those authorities. We vanquish those spirits. We vanquish those symbols by the authority of the blood of the Lamb. Let it be vanquished. Dalonda Kayas, Ikayando Satis, Polakidias, Diandulasis, Solamadula Kadis, Ekandilu Talas, Bolayakidulambadis, Polakidalagasa. Sit down for two minutes. Daniel chapter 3 verse 12. Daniel chapter 3 verse 12. Daniel chapter 6 verse 17. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Go up to 13. Yeah. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my God, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready, that by what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, Sagbat, Psaltery, and Dalsimer, and all kinds of music. You fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if you worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spoke and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wood to be heated. And they commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to buy Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, 
the flame of fire slew those men that were that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning no, fire. No, no, it's bay. okay. It's okay. It's all right. I think I missed something here. Yeah. Let's go to Daniel 6, 17. Daniel 6, 17. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet mm -hmm. and with the signet of his lords that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. That, was, that is what seals represents. It's like embargoes. It's placed on one's life, destiny, of freedom or deliverance. And this was done to ensure, to make sure, say make sure, make sure. Any make sure decree, any proclamation of make sure, make sure that you don't make it. Make sure that your children don't break through. Make sure that you don't get to the next level. Make sure that you grieve. Make sure that this person dies. Make sure that this person doesn't make it. Any make sure, we repeal make sure's. We break make sure's. In the name of Jesus, put your hands up. Break make sure's. Repeal make sure's. Override make sure's. By a new executive order, let every make sure be broken off our sons, broken off our daughters. Broken of our wives and our husbands and our grandchildren and our churches, our cities, our nations, our communities. We break every make sure. Every make sure be repealed. We squash every make sure by the superior blood of Jesus. Sit down for two minutes. That is what seals represent. Seals are put on documents. Specifically to make sure what is there. To make sure what is there. And the king and his lords placed their seal on the stone. Again, I said to you that stones are very hard, complex, stubborn, difficult situation. But as the angels came at his tomb and rolled back the stone and sat upon it. Today, by executive order, I hereby set in motion and decree, let every difficulty in your life, every obstacle, every stone in your life and in the life of your children, husband, wives, and loved ones, be rolled back. We roll it back. Roll back. Roll back. Roll back. We roll back. Roll back. Rubber, rubber, any stone, obstacle, stubborn, difficult situation, any sure situation the enemy has set on your life, we break, roll it back, roll back, roll back, roll back, we roll it back, 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 we roll back in the name of Jesus, we roll back in the name of Jesus. Sit down for two minutes. Sit down for two minutes. Esther chapter 3 verse 12. Quickly, let's get into prayer. Esther 3 12. Esther 3 12. And were the king's scribes called on the 13th day of the first month, and there was written according to all the, that Amon had commanded unto the king's lieutenants and to the governors that were over every province, and to the rulers of every people of every province according to the writing thereof. And to every people after their language, in the name of the king Ahasuerus, was it written and sealed with the king's ring. You see, sealed with the king's ring. Yeah. To make the decree made concerning the demise of the Jewish race spread from Ethiopia to India in those days, 124 nations under King Ahasuerus' command, that a decree was made 
that on a particular day and month of the year, all Jews spread across 124 nations should be annihilated. By particular assassins. And this decree was sealed by the king's signature representing the authority of King Ahasuerus. And even though the man that got the king to set that decree in effect was dead and gone, the decree still stood because of the seal on the decree. There are people in our bloodline, fathers and mothers, grandfathers and grandmothers, great-grandfathers and mothers, they did some things. They, they made some demonic transactions. They carried out certain rituals and did some things in our bloodline. And they are dead and they are gone. But the effect of those transactions is still in effect. Because nobody, nobody has repealed it. Nobody has confronted it. Nobody has challenged it. And so those seals and the powers and the symbols of our families are still in effect. But tonight, Tonight, by the superior blood of the Lamb, I stand as a father in Zion, according to the grace and the divine ordination of heaven, to repeal by a new executive order, to replace every old decree, and to abolish, abolish every demonic seals and signature and symbols of our bloodline that is still in effect against our destiny and the destinies of our sons and our daughters, our husbands and our wives, our grandchildren and them that concerns us. Today, put your hands together. Abolish them by the superior blood of the Lamb. Let demonic seals, authorities, symbols, spirits be abolished. Abolish, abolish, abolish. Ancient laws, ancient decrees be abolished by the blood of Jesus. We abolish the ancient decree, stronghold, seals, signatures, demonic authorities and powers. By the superior blood of the Lamb, we abolish them. We abolish them by a superior authority, by a superior power, name above every other name, use the name of Jesus, use the blood of the Lamb, abolish demonic seals, symbols of authority, of demonic powers, of our bloodline, your father's house, your mother's house, that is still in effect, that is still speaking, that is still in effect, that is still working, that is still giving the enemy an advantage and an argument to raise an objection. Abolish it. Let it be abolished, 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 abolished. Let to Kadibasa. Ekutili mikadahasa, mayakin de lebrosa, ikudei desivaluta, lakaya dula mansitan, leiki dandu sa, ikileiki tola masa, musanti kandi lesuta. Sit down for two minutes. Many years ago, a king died in a certain country and the tradition of that country of the fathers required that the kings 
must be buried with living human beings based on their superstition to go serve them in the land of the dead or in another world. A young lady was going to fetch water from the stream and she was captured by the men that went to bury the king. And she pleaded with them to let her go. And she will not, they will not listen. And after a while, when she realized that she was going to be buried alive with the king, which is a tradition in so many nations across the world, out of desperation, fear, and anger, and you name it, all the emotions in her, she made a pronouncement and said to the men that were responsible of that act and ritual that let none of their children grow beyond her age, that all of their children throughout their descendants None of their daughters or sons shall live beyond her age. And she died. Many generations after, four sisters from a particular family where one of those men came from, God born again. And at a particular age, a sister died. Then another died at that same age. The two realized that this is not right. Something is wrong. So they decided to go into a three days fast. And during the three days fast, they had consulted their pastor. So their pastor put them on the fast and he was fasting with them. On the third day, their pastor had a strange dream. And in a dream, God gave him a word of knowledge and took him to the past and showed him what happened. And then he had an understanding and insight to what was responsible for what was going on in the life of that particular family or bloodline. So he called the two girls and said to them, you need to go to your village. See if there's an old man or an old lady there who knows any history about your family. Something did happen, and I saw it, and this was what happened. So they traveled and went to the village. They met an old man there who was over 90 years old, thank God for long life, who had understanding of the family and had history and knew about this particular thing I just told you and said to the two girls that that's your pastor, he's very powerful. And they asked him why. He said, yes, something did happen. And he was told by the generations before him that this was what happened. And so they had to come before God and plead for divine exemption from the consequence of the actions of whoever was that great-grandfather in their bloodline who took part of that atrocity against that innocent girl, that their bloodline and their generation will be pardoned and will be exempted from the consequence of that act. That was how they were released and did not die and live to marry, to grow, and to have kids. When Joshua, in the book of Joshua, Bishop, I want to, to check it for me. When Joshua took over the city of Jericho, he placed a curse on Jericho. It was a very strange curse. And this was what he said. He said, Curse be before the Lord, the man that rebuilds the walls of this city, Jericho. He shall lay the foundation of the city with his firstborn and will set up the gates thereof 
with his second born. About a thousand years after, in the book of Joshua, Bishop will bring it up. Let's look at Joshua 6, 26, and then we'll go to the next one. And Joshua adjured them at that time, saying, Cursed be that man before the Lord that, that riseth up and buildeth the city Jericho. He shall lay the foundation thereof in his firstborn, and in his, in his youngest son shall he set up the gates of it. Okay, I'll show you another scripture where almost a thousand years after, a man rose up and did not know about this pronouncement Joshua made. And he had come into town and had money. Hear me, money is not everything. For those of you hearing me, who derive your confidence from money and think that money answers all things, you are joking. This man was loaded. He was a financial mogul, but he wasn't a spiritual man. And something bit him to it. First, he had money. Look at this. First Kings chapter 16, verse 34. Uh -huh. In his days did Hael, the Bethlehemite, the Bethlehemite, build Jericho. He laid the foundation thereof in Abiram, his firstborn, and set up the gates thereof in his youngest son, Segab, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Joshua, the son of Nun. You see, according to what Joshua said. So there are a lot of things that happens in the life of nations, in the life of individuals that are determined by certain decrees, seals, pronouncements, ordinances, demonic transactions, rituals that were performed long time ago before you and I was born. And even though we are born again, salvation is in three dimensions. We are saved. We are being saved. We shall be saved. What was saved? Our spirit. What is being saved? Our soul. What shall be saved? Our body. If you don't understand these dynamics, you can go around thinking that because you are born again, you are free of everything. No. There are things that God expects you and I to confront and to deal with them by understanding and knowledge. For by his stripes we were healed. Even though we were, if we were then we are. But there are so many Christians that are sick. Why are we not healed? Because it is not automatic. You have to learn how to appropriate. You have to learn how to enforce. You have to learn how to superimpose. You have to learn how to command the manifestations of the things that are written. They are not automatic. Laws are made by parliament and by judges. But the laws don't enforce themselves. It is the law enforcement agents who are giving the authorization to enforce those laws. It is the same with the word of God. The word of God does not enforce itself because it is written. It enforces itself and it comes into effect when it is superimposed, when it is enforced, proclaimed, executed by the law enforcement agents of God who are the redeemer of the Lord. That's why the Bible said, let the redeemer of the Lord whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy, say so. Somebody says, say so. That's what the Bible says in Romans 10, 10. With the heart, a man believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth, enforcement is made unto salvation. Ladies and gentlemen, you have a duty, and I have a duty, and a responsibility to enforce what is written. What is written does not enforce itself until we speak it and proclaim it. Even though it is written and done, it only comes into effect when we proclaim it, when we declare it. Amen. We know you are blessed by that word of God. 
and look forward to you joining the messages of the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams again. For more information on our events, books, and messages, please visit NDW Ministries online at www.ndwministries.org or call our offices on plus one eight seven seven three six one five one one one. Once again, thank you for joining the Archbishop today and may you continue to experience the life-transforming power of God's blessings.